What's going on, guys? Welcome back. MST, episode six. And obviously, we have Eric here. Hello. <laughs> well, just uh, this is going to be the last step now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have Eric here. Uh, today, we do not have a guest, um, but it does feel good to be back. It's been like two weeks since we've recorded, so it kind of feels good to record again. Dumb with finals, finally. I know, thank God. Got all that wrapped up, and uh, we'll get things back to normal again. So just tune in. We'll have plenty of uh, content coming. But like I said, we don't have a guest this week on MST. We're not going to be able to get one every week unless uh, unless you guys can, like, you guys want to DM us and get on. You guys can, you're more than welcome to do that, and we'll have you on. But there's going to be weeks where every now and then where we don't have a guest. So this week, we, like I said, when I introduced this new concept of MST, we're going to have kind of a something to talk about still, but something a little different. So we're going to talk about Eric's story again. No. <laughs> we're just going to, I'm just going to copy the audio and just put it in. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> uh, no, but we got, um, we had some, <coughs> oh, dude, I'm choking. <coughs> ah, something caught in my throat. Damn. I'm dying over here. All right. Uh, yeah. So we got um, some interesting stuff to talk about. First off, we got. I'm gonna let Eric go first. He's got. We each brought something to the table today. Something a little different. Um, Eric obviously brought a story to the table, but he also brought his four course meal to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear him munching, you know, you know what he's gonna be. <laughs> This is not the time to be doing this. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, save that for sound up. <laughs> but anyways, um, Eric has a little what if scenario. They're pretty popular, especially on YouTube and stuff and on towards the, the culture of sports. So Eric's going to kick us off with a little what if scenario. Eric, present to the class what you have. <laughs> so... Um... I feel like a lot of people don't uh, don't necessarily talk about this too much. Um, like you said, I've seen some videos on YouTube, um, which have like kind of you know sparked my idea a little bit. But I see I feel like a lot of people talk about you know the what if scenario of like Derrick Rose never had his knee injury, obviously the youngest MVP um, ever. So like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people talk about that, but yeah. one one uh, one injury that kind of gets overshadowed by that a little bit is uh Sean Livingston's injury. And I thought I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about um like the player that I believe um oh, Sean oh, Liv- what let, let, let the people know who Sean Livingston is for those who don't watch basketball. Uh yeah, so Sean Livingston, uh point guard, um he was he came out of I forget I forget what college he was out of. Uh, do you know what college he's from? Nope. <laughs> no, he came out. No, I he think... came out of. Sean Livingston came out of high school. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you I might mean, be you, right. He was one yeah. of the last players to from. Come out uh, of high school. I know he's from um, California. He and he was drafted by the Clippers. Um. Yeah, he entered the league directly out of high school. Selected fourth by the Clippers in 2004. So he's yeah. one of the last players to enter through high school. Yeah. Um. So obviously he's a uh, he's like a six six point guard, um, which w- at the time w- I feel like was 
more popular than it is now. I feel like we're moving towards a smaller NBA. Um, but, you know, so he ca- he comes in the league, um, and like Jake said, he was picked number four overall, so he had some high expectations. Yeah, he, he uh, was drafted when he was 19 years old, so he's pretty young. Um, geez, younger than me. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Um, yeah, you're trash. <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about, so he played three years before his injury. Um, and so he, he ended up uh, breaking his knee on, it was a, it was like a breakaway, uh, like dunk. And he just, and honestly, there was no contest at all. It was just like, um, he just like landed wrong and, uh, like completely just destroyed his leg, like broke his his knee like popped out. It was, it's one of the most gruesome injuries in like probably all of NBA history. But um, so, yeah, so he comes into the league and uh, he was averaging, you know, 27 minutes a game, which for a rookie, I feel like that's, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, he was picked number four overall. So, you know, they're expecting a little from, him, but uh, so he comes in the league, he's shooting uh 41% shot 41% from the field. Um you know, he, he had a really good start to his, like, rookie campaign. He had, like, seven uh, – averaged, like, about seven points a game, uh, steal a game, three rebounds, five assists. So, I mean, seven, five, and three, it's pretty it's pretty good. But um, what I think made him better or was, like, going to be more uh, – what, what was going to make him better prior to the injury was, I think, his ability to, like – the ball handling, ball handling ability he had for a six six point guard, I think, and he was, and he was obviously like if you watch highlight, if you look up highlights of Sean Livingston, dude, like he is like probably the fastest player in the court. So he was just super explosive. He could take off. He could, I mean, this highlight to him like like just standing under the rim and dunking on like a center. So like for a point guard, he was extremely explosive. Like I would probably say his explosiveness could match with with Russell Westbrook's like he was that explosive and um, obviously he's bigger than him. But um, so I think, I think if, if he didn't have that injury, which he ended up having in, in his fourth year, um, he was uh, 22 and then he, you know, had that injury and then he came back uh, the season after and he ended up having uh let's see. So he ended up averaging about six points a game um, after the injury, uh, about about a steal a game, uh, two assists and two rebounds a game. So I mean, not bad really for for his return after a broken leg. But he did shoot fifty, almost fifty two percent from the field. So he's always been, if you look at his stats, he's always been a super efficient uh, score like throughout his entire NBA career. Um, and he was really well known for his, you know, his mid range game. Um, but after the Clippers, uh, after, so after he broke his knee, the Clippers ended up like just letting him walk and, uh, he ended up going to Miami and then was traded to OKC in the same season. Um, and played for OKC for a few years. I mean, this guy, this guy's been around the league, um, then he went to Washington, then he went to Charlotte, Milwaukee, then he went back to Washington, Cleveland, then he played for Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, when he was in Brooklyn, it was almost like, um, I mean, he was a little older by this point. He was, uh, let's say, 28. So 
it was almost but people a lot of people say like especially if you watch the youtube videos about him a lot of people would say that sean levinson's like a little bit of his revival career came when he was in brooklyn and i don't know why but he just found i mean that was you know five years after his injury so he just started to find his his swinging like swinging to things and stuff so start getting his explosive back a little bit yeah i mean by by revival though like I mean, I'm no disrespect to Sean Livingston. No. Like, this is a guy that was averaging before his injury, averaging like seven points per game in his first three years. Um, obviously, a good passer, averaging around five assists. But then, you know, those next, uh, let's see, like six or seven years before going to Brooklyn, I mean, he was a guy that was only getting, you know, five, six points a game. Assist numbers were dropping into the two range. Um, Obviously, he was playing a little bit less minutes, and he was less effective. But, um, yeah, Sean Livingston was definitely a hooper before then. But, like, we're talking a guy that, like, um, has a devastating knee injury, and his he had his best season before his knee injury by far. Yeah, easily. Um, and then, like, he goes from – so we're talking his breakthrough year, which is his 28 season. You expect most players to break out in their year 28, which is – usually the, the beginning of uh, a player's prime years, their best years in the NBA. Um, I guess you could consider that for Sean Livingston. I wouldn't say it was his best year, but he gets back onto the scene with eight points per game, <laughs> which is a uh, couple points better than before. Um, he was never really known as like a scorer, though. He was more yeah. of just a facilitating uh, point guard that was just like a lot of people on like YouTube and, and like Instagram and stuff, they'll compare him to like, um, obviously he wasn't wasn't as good, and probably would have never been as good. But Magic Johnson, like his, he, he had a really effective mid range game, good turnaround jumper, you know, from from the mid range area, and like just super explosive, knew how to pass, very smart. So yeah, I mean, like he's definitely like uh, a serviceable player. Obviously, you saw this, everybody seeing his stint with the Warriors. That's kind of what he's known best for. Is his time his five years with the Warriors. But, um, like, we're talking about, like, a guy who, in his minutes, he kind of, like, maximized what he could do in his minutes. Um, like, especially in his age 28 season and beyond. Like, he plays um, – uh, gets 8.3 points per game. Like we said, not, not much of a score. But he's actually, he's actually shooting, like, 80, 82%, 83% from the free throw line about 49% from the field. I mean, he was never a good three-point shooter, so just disregard that. Um, but he also is, like, people recognize, like, this guy's got basically, um, in his career, is has a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, which is very good. Like, um, yeah. I mean, it's in limited minutes, but it's definitely a guy that comes off your bench and kind of leads that second unit, which he definitely proved with the Warriors. Um, Sean Livingston definitely... He definitely was serviceable, definitely had an impact, um, you know, but we're saying like this guy could have been NBA all-star caliber player. I mean, in I said, year, I said before this, like before this podcast, Jake, like I said, I, I think he could have been in his prime, a top five point guard in the league. And and we're talking about like, like in his prime, let's just, let's just say is if, you know, if he didn't have that injury, let's say his prime started, you know, 26 years old, right? So yeah. let's just say you start that prime at 26. That's 2012. So we're at a time where the point guard position is still pretty good. Like it's it's getting to like – I feel like the point guard position is at its prime like right now. Oh, yeah. 
because you had so many different kind of guys playing point guard and stuff. Yeah, so we're talking at, in, in 2012. I mean, he he's in a league with a lot of good point guards, and I really think he could have been a top five. Uh, yeah, like uh, there's like back then there was definitely a lot of good guys. I mean, not elite like today, but you got guys that um, other guys similar to him. Um, Mike Conley was coming onto the scene. Um, Chauncey Billups still in the league at the time. Drew Holiday was coming onto the scene. He actually um, – He was with the won, Sixers at that point, right? One rookie of the year, yeah, with the Sixers. Yeah. Um, obviously, DJ Augustine, not a big name now, but another guy kind of like him, serviceable. Jose Calderon. Monte, uh, Monte Ellis. I mean, he kind of ran the two more, but, yeah, I guess he, he played some point. Um, Andre Miller, definitely underrated. Uh, Devin Harris was pretty good back then. He had like one or two good, really good seasons. I think in that year he averaged like 15 and seven back in like when you consider Sean Livingston to break out. Um, Tyreek Evans came on the scene. Um, obviously the year before when he was a rookie of the year, dropped having 25 and five as a rookie is incredible. Um, but, you know, goes into a little bit of a sophomore slump. This is kind of when I want to say this is when Curry broke out, but he was still good. Yeah. Um, this is actually at a time where Brandon, Brandon Jennings was a better point guard than Steph Curry. <laughs> um, John Wall, um, top 10, 9.4 assists in his, in his rookie year. Um, so Jason Kidd, dude, like all these names, Raymond yeah. Felton, Tony Parker. Exactly. Uh, he was in a league with career. a lot of good point guards. Steve Nash, Westbrook, Rondo at his prime, Darren yeah. Williams, Definitely exactly. Rondo in his prime. One of the best point guards of these years, Chris Paul, Derrick Rose, obviously the best of the bunch. But like, like there's a lot of good point guards in this league still back then. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him in my top five, but he's definitely a top. He would have been a top ten caliber point guard. Um, he was obviously disgusting back in high school, and he was highly touted as a as a prospect. But um, we're talking like Sean Livingston. Like, imagine, think about this. We're going to talk what if, um, like, the Clippers. He, he goes to the Clippers in 2000, and he's played first the Clippers from 2004 to 2006-7. And uh, what if he doesn't get hurt? He stays yeah. on the Clippers. And Chris, Chris Paul, Paul doesn't, doesn't, go doesn't go there. He stays Chris in New Orleans. Or he goes to the Lakers and they can yeah. a deal. Uh, that's a whole different landscape for the NBA. You talk Chris Paul, he stays in New Orleans. Uh, that team was good. They had Eric Gordon back then, guys who could score the ball. Yeah. And then, like, even if he went to the Lakers, dude, that would have changed everything. Like, and Kobe then not only that, help. but the the if he stayed, if Chris Paul stays with the Pelicans, right? They don't get that. They don't get that high draft pick to get AD. Yeah, true. I mean, that was years and years later, but still, I mean, yeah. Um, if he but stays like, there, though, like, I I don't think he would have ever stayed there. I think it was just kind of like a starting point yeah, where he maybe. broke out as an individual player. But like, like I said, he goes to the Lakers, dude. Oh, that team, Kobe. Oh, oh. Please. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that team, uh, Kobe, like Pau Gasol, that team is going to be, I mean, maybe that changed the landscape. Maybe the Lakers at that point don't have Pau because they have Chris Paul. Um, Cause Pau was actually, um, he, I forget when he was. Forget when he was drafted. To be honest, um, it's crazy how just like one injury can like, aff- could affect the entire NBA, the entire league. Yeah, I mean, this is like a small time guy too. Like Sean Livingston is like not a big name in today's NBA, but you know, for somebody who had a lot of potential, so to be good. 
could change the whole landscape. You know, this is just championships and stuff like that. This is just my view on on the injury itself. I just think that post Sean Livingston's injury, if you watch highlights beforehand, if you watch, if you just look up on YouTube like highlights prior to his injury, like you'll Very see the player. Oh yeah, for sure. You'll see you'll see just an explosive like monster. I'm telling you, just watch his highlights. It's insane. But if post his injury, he never really got a true shot at being a starting point guard on a solid team. He always, you know, he comes back, he starts, he's, uh, he played for um, Miami and OKC that season, his comeback season. He wasn't the starter. He was, he was coming off the bench. He was averaging, you know, his first, you know, in Miami, he was averaging 19 minutes a game. And with, uh, I'm sorry, with Miami, he's averaging 10 minutes a game. And then with OKC averaging 23. So, I don't know. I don't think he got a legit shot at being a starter, and then a lot of people I mean, know. Like, he, he only did play twelve games that year. Yeah, I guess you're so, right. I mean, like he doesn't really have he like coming back from that injury. He doesn't like playing really conservative and only playing twelve games. You can't really expect much from him to be even a starter. But then you go into the next year, he only plays thirty six games, and the guy never plays a full season again until he plays. Um. I mean, he has like seventy three and seventy three in Charlotte, but like seventeen. Yeah, he never got starter minutes. I guess the most minutes he's got after his injury was in Brooklyn when he had his best years. Yeah, uh, his best year, I guess, or one of them. Uh, he got seven. He was playing seventy six games, and like from there on out, he was very um, his usage. Like that's the reason he stays on the court. If he was a yeah. star, if he was a guy that was getting starting minutes, he would have never. He would have never been. I don't think he would have been elite after his injury, definitely before his injury, but after his injury, like you talk about a guy, a knee injury is very crucial in mm-hmm. an NBA player's career, especially some uh, point guard, his play style. His explosive. play excessive. Exactly. Yep. He's got to change his, he's got to change his uh, style of play. And you just talk, the more, like you look at it, the more minutes he gets, like, especially you look between 25, uh, the age 25 and like 28, like, his minutes are different. Like he's getting 17, then he gets 18, then he gets 26. And when he gets to 26, like you add, you add like eight minutes onto a player's game and he only gives you two more points than he did before. I mean, I mean, like I said, he's not much of a a scorer, but like his, his assist numbers go down. Um, his steals go up. I mean, that, that was his best defense of the season. I mean, he was a solid defender, but he wasn't known for his defense, but he, he, I mean, he always, yeah, he always could. I mean, he was six six, like I said. He's so. disruptive in passing lanes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. he was. Um, but you know, I don't think he like. I think he could have definitely used his length more to his advantage than he did yeah. uh, using it in the post. You know, um, against smaller guards, and then he, like I said, he could have. He definitely could have got more steals. The guy was long as hell, and um, yeah. But I, I just think. You know, he never would have been a star after his injury. Before his injury, no. he would have definitely been. I don't know how good he could have been before his injury. I mean, he's a guy that was. I mean, you think about it—a guy who gets about thirty minutes a game, and he's putting up like nine points and five assists. That's like, eh, in today's NBA. It sounds crazy. But then again, he's twenty-one years old, and he only plays fifty-four games that that season. It sounds crazy, but if you look at John Morant's numbers, like John Morant is doing similar things but he's averaging a little bit more um, assists a game. So a few yeah, way more a few, points, bro. Not not that much more. But he's, he's on like, 
Dude, he like doubled his points. He's aver- I think he's averaging like 10 points. No, he's not. He's averaging like 17 points per game, bro. I'm looking oh, it up look at right it. now. 16 or 17, I'm pretty sure. No way. Yeah, 17.6 points per Is game. Is he averaging 17? All right, but in terms of play style, like very similar in terms of play style. So, like, I feel like – I don't know. I just feel – I feel like he could have been, and obviously John Morant's friggin' explosive, so I feel like he could have been that type of player. But I don't know. It just it it's sucks not, to know. You know what? He never would have been a, a great NBA point guard. You know why? Because he couldn't shoot the three. Well, exactly, and the league changed so fast. I think that's also another thing that killed him. The league. I mean, the, the prime of his career. You look he, at MCW. The same thing happened. The league changed. You know, yeah, yeah. So he's a guy. He he's a guy who uh like. Sean Livingston's a guy that like his the prime of his career was going into like the 2010 of 2011 season or whatever 2012, and a guy that could never shoot the three ball. I mean the landscape of the three ball like was always there, but it didn't really come onto the scene until Curry broke through with it in like 2013 2014, and kind of changed the game. But like we think about it, like 28 years old, Sean Livingston. That's it. That's 2013 2014. 28 is considered the prime of an NBA player's career and. You know, a guy who never shot the three ball, the three ball starting to break through, you know, his usage rate would have just gone down, which you saw it did in uh, in um, Golden State because he wasn't – I mean, he some like he fits in the Golden State system because they have so many players that are effective off the ball and being the passer yeah. that he is. And he was a leader he was, off the bench. he was capable of coming off the bench. Um, but, like, then again, you have – he shoots in those years. He's shooting, like, a hundred – like, 200 from or 20 percent from the field i mean and uh yeah it's just just a guy that wouldn't develop well in today's nba um like his prime his prime years are when the game is changing the most and his career was probably gonna die anyways i mean i hate to say it i mean players can always develop a skill set but shooting is a hard one to develop especially at at this time in the game in your career yeah if he if he started you know working on a shot early in his career that's something different but I mean, like, like I said, like about about his peak, bro. Like, twenty eight to thirty three is the best years of his career, and those were most of those years spent with Golden State. Like, yeah. he would have never been a starter in Golden State, obviously. Um, like, I think it's just sad that like kids aren't gonna ever see like, or like they'll know Sean Livingston as the backup point guard on the Golden State Warriors, which is just like yeah. because that's not the player he was before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would have been interesting to see what he developed into, but then again, like, I like Sean Livingston. I think he was a really good guy to come off the bench in Golden State, but, like, I don't I don't think he would have ever developed into something. I don't even know. Now that I think about it, in today's NBA, dude, I don't, I don't think he would have no. ever been I think a top 10 point guard. His prime would have been a lot, I feel like, Rondo's prime, but Rondo got to play with Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen, and his prime. So, like... I feel like his prime would have been a lot like that. I mean, that wasn't Modern. really Rondo's prime, though. That's kind of Rondo's younger days. He played with those guys in their older days. But it I definitely mean, helped his prime playing with guys like that. Well, yeah. He, he Once he got into his prime, like, he, he knew how the Celtics worked. And he yeah. didn't have great play. Like, think about Rondo back then, bro, after all those guys left. Like, he's working with, like, the best scorer on the team is Jeff Green. And he's <laughs> putting right. up, like, 11 assists per game. Like, Rondo's a different animal. Like, I couldn't I couldn't compare them into this. 
Um, Sean Livingston, yeah, like, dude, I, now you look at NBA Today and the rookies, like, 21 years old, and he's putting up 9-5, and five, Sean Livingston. And then you look at John Morant, same amount of minutes, similar situation, I guess, and he's putting up way less. His numbers are way less. Uh, it's just because John Morant is capable of shooting. Sean Livingston, never really a guy that could do that. So I, I just – I, I like I hate to see a guy get hurt in his career change, but we're not I'm not gonna act like the guy didn't have a good career. Like the dude played what? I mean he's got like, what two or three rings, right? He played two or three rings? Yeah, three. He yeah. played uh six uh seven, eight or yeah, something like eleven, twelve years in the league. Like that's he was like thirty four when he retired. So I mean, he had a solid year career. Like I mean, yeah, never a guy that put up the most numbers. But like, I don't think anybody will remember him for what he could have been. I don't think he could have been all that much. But he could have embraced embraced that like leadership role off the bench for the Warriors, especially being, you know, I mean, Curry was older a little bit, but and like was pretty established when he was on the team. But like, he definitely helped and like obviously veteran help in the playoffs is huge so like i don't know i feel like he definitely embraced his role with the warriors which helped his career yeah i mean i I just don't i just don't see sean livingston as being the guy we thought he was gonna be like russell westbrook is an exception to the explosive point guard um i think he's more comparable to russell westbrook than he is to john moran or a guy like that because you know westbrook doesn't have the shooting i mean he's a better shooter than sean livingston and that's for damn sure but yeah he doesn't have the – nobody gets the basket. Like, shoot kind of low-key, but now Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's because he was high volume. Like, you, you're going to make a lot when you're high volume. Um, but, yeah, no, like, he's an exception to the rules because he's so effective at getting to the basket. I mean, he's look at that guy. He's got a crazy motor. He's never had a really bad injury in his career. I don't think Sean Livingston was, was that guy. Um, I don't know. You guys let us know. Watch his highlights. I'm telling you, watch pre-injury highlights of Sean Livingston. Guy, yeah. was, guy was different. Yeah. I mean, he's different than he was now, but highlights only say so much. But, like, yeah. you can't deny the fact that 30 minutes per game and 9 and 5 is not today's NBA, dude. No, like, it is. But back guys, in the day, that's not bad. I mean. Dude, guys, he, was on a, he was on a trash team, bro. Yeah, so you think his, his scoring score numbers would be up. I mean, you tell like the two thousand and six seven Clippers. I guess his best year with his Clippers, the Clippers before his injury. I mean, they're still good players. Like, I mean, they're not like free franchise players, but Elton Brand, um, Sam Cassell, yeah. I don't know who else they got. Uh, Corey Maggette, you get buckets. There's, I mean, by no means is there any like studs no. on this team, but there's definitely players that are capable of playing. Chris and Cambridge. he was a guy who, a guy who is the starting point guard and controlling the ball a lot of the time would put up better numbers than that, especially on a team with not a lot of players. I just, I, I think like I don't think he would have ever been anything great, but I, I would, I think he could have developed into a guy with, you know, sixteen and in seven or eight a game, but. Yeah, I don't see him being anything better than that. And that's not a knock to Sean Livingston or anything, but uh, it's just the game has changed so much, and it's it's not a game for him to be a part of. I mean, you look at the guys in the NBA right now who are 33 years old, 34 years old. There's still some guys like Chris Paul. Chris Paul's still hooping, dude. And, like, 
he's he became an MVP candidate, like a legitimate MVP candidate towards the end of the year. And he's 30, what, 33, 34 years old. And he carried, he's carrying the OKC team. That's yeah, but then again, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he's yeah. that's a similar but, team to this, this Clippers team that we're talking about. Like, yeah, he's the best yeah, player maybe. on the team. And Sean Livingston's not even wasn't even the best player on that team. Oh yeah, but dude, he was a friggin' rookie. Like you no, can't he wasn't. really. This was his third year in the league. I'm talking about. All right. I mean, even the like sometimes there's late bloomers and like, but I don't know if he would have been a late bloomer because of the how quickly the league changed. So, like, I guess you're right in a sense, but at the same time, I don't know. I just it's tough to dude, like. I, now that I look at it, like I'm looking at this team, bro. You got there's legit six guys in double digit scoring per game for the whole season, which is pretty good. That's you got guy one guy in the twenties, you got fourteen, seventeen, ten, eleven, twelve, two guys, one including Sean Livingston who are averaging nine points per game. Like this this team was no slouch. And Sean Livingston's a starting point guard and to only be putting up five assists with the amount of scorers and effective scorers that he has is just I don't know. I just I like Sean Livingston. I don't think he would have ever broke out to be the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. Um, but like he definitely was explosive. But the the way the the league has changed and what would have been his prime years, he just was never built for it. So, like I said, no knock against Sean Livingston, but I, I that's all. Like, just that's all I got to say about him. That's all I got to say. All right, let us know. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So Eric brought brought his dinner to the table <laughs> so i guess i got i got something a little different um it's not a what if scenario um it's something i've actually wanted to talk about since i've seen it um it it's some people might know about it if you if you don't watch baseball or anything you probably you probably don't know um but so let me talk about the uh the story of mason saunders um you ever heard of mason saunders eric i haven't Okay, good. So, um, Mason Saunders, um, 30-year-old, um, not a baseball player, to be honest. Um, he doesn't play baseball. So, he's a 30-year-old. He actually, a rode- he's a rodeo competitor. Um, he's from North Carolina, from the foothills of North Carolina. And um, Mason is is uh, put, in the, put in the lasso to the cattle. I guess you'd call it. He's uh in the in the team roping event of the rodeo. I don't know much about the rodeo, but you're you're probably thinking, what the hell am I talking about right now? <laughs> um, like I said, thirty years old. Are you uh, talking now, about Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Madison Bumgarner, this is crazy. So Madison Bumgarner is a thirty year old uh, uh, baseball player. For those who don't know, he's a four time All Star. He's like a three-time World Series uh, champion with the Giants, and he's also got like the best postseason of pitching uh, performances of all time, um, especially in 2014. He pitched 52 and two-thirds innings in the postseason with a 1.18 ERA, and he won four games, and I think he he only let up a couple runs during that span. So he, he earned the uh, MVP uh, final uh, – finals yuck uh world series mvp trophy and he he just signed a five-year 85 million dollar contract with the diamondbacks this past season um but mason saunders you know the rodeo competitor is is his 
alias name. Madison Bumgarner actually has been living a double life this whole time. And we didn't know about it up until this just a, a few months ago. He, him and his wife um, have been living like this, giving him this alias. His name is Mason. Um, it's a, a combination of letters in his first name, obviously Madison Mason. And then the last name is his wife's maiden name. So he's been living under this alias of Mason Saunders. And he's actually been part of the rodeo. And he's been a competitor for a long time. Just this past year, he won $26,000 in an event. Uh, um, so yeah, they're both they're both Madison Bumgarner. Um, but like, I, th- I think this is a strange occurrence because there's not a lot of times where you, you catch situations like this um and i don't know for me you know madison bumgarner definitely proven he's definitely proven pitcher and he's been great in the playoffs he's a little older now probably on his decline not as good as he once was he's definitely somebody who's been an ace of the staff you know capable of winning world series probably the best one of the best postseason pitchers of all time if not the best um but then i think about it like do you want a guy in in the rodeo? He's actually got injured in the rodeo, and part of his uh, that was part of a season injury he had last year. Do you want the ace of your pitching staff to be participating in the rodeo and potentially getting hurt? Um, why, why the rodeo, <laughs> dude? He's he's very hick. Madison Bumgarner is very backcountry. He's always been like a lumberjack at heart. Uh, <laughs> Like legit, there's there's videos of him out out in the woods cutting down trees with an axe, like just a straight up axe. It's like how he does his workouts. Um, I feel like but, that's weird. Like his teammates definitely make fun of him for that shit. <laughs> Probably. Um. So, but there's some other things about this. Um. So, like obviously, living legend. You know, he's living his double life. Um. You know, he's a great pitcher and everything. But this, this, what he does off the field is just weird and strange and even better. Like, the dude dated a girl named Madison Bumgarner in high school. No, he did not. Yes. <laughs> he dated a girl legit with the same name as him. Um, Other stuff, he killed a snake that was about to bite him. Like, he, he cut its head off. The snake was about to bite it and he bite him and he cut its head off and he, he pulled a rabbit that was still alive out of the out of the stomach of the snake and let it free. Dude, this guy's just weird. <laughs> he didn't he didn't buy a, a suit and tie until 2014. At this point he had been in the league for like Yeah. He's six a millionaire. Years. He bought his first suit and tie in twenty fourteen when he had to give his um Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year speech. And he he did some other weird stuff, but like like I said, you know, Mason Saunders, the rodeo guy, is, is risking injury for, you know, a team where he's getting paid eighty five million dollars. I don't know how I feel about that as as the uh, as the organization. But rodeo's um, not a not a uh, joke sport either. That's a tough sport. That shit is tough. Um, but there's there's other stories of other players kind of like not living double lives, but they're more upfront about it. Um, you know how everybody knows Yoannis Cespedes. He was like one of the biggest stars in the league like four or five years ago. And um, 
that kind of completely changed. He's on the Mets now. He's still part of the team. But the reason, like, he's been hurt. And the reason he has been hurt for so long and he hasn't been the same player is because he got injured when he, um, he got run over by a boar. (laughs) (laughs) So you got Madison Bumgarner, who's actually really good in the rodeo. Um, and then Yoana Cespedes, who's just getting run over by boars and he cost him millions of dollars. Um, there was one other player. I don't exactly remember who it was. That uh, was right, ladies speak. and gentlemen. He did not say bull. He said a boar. Yeah, <laughs> boar, like not bull. Um, there's there's one other guy in here somewhere. Um, oh god, I just got an ad pop up and it killed my ears. Um, Aaron Boone, who is obviously known for hitting that. Um, home run against the Red Sox at center of the World Series actually hurt himself playing basketball in 2004. So before the season began, he he was playing basketball. He hurt himself, and the Yankees actually released him, and they voided his 5.75 million dollar contract <laughs> to pay a one million dollar termination fee. So. And the the Mets actually restructured Cespedes' contract after injuring himself with an inter- interaction with a, a wild boar. So I don't know where he was, where he was interacting with a wild <laughs> boar. But he got hurt. But you got Madison Bumgarner, who's who's just a, a weird but, like, badass dude, like, capable of doing rodeos and not getting hurt. I mean, he had a, a small injury last year. But th- this dude's, like, weird. Like, he's crazy. Like you got a guy that's over here winning three World Series and a World Series MVP, and the ace of pitching staffs and making a whole shit ton of money, and then in the off season and on the side he's Mason Saunders who is riding in rodeos and slinging cattle around. <laughs> and, <laughs> slinging cattle, and and you know he he's saving rabbits' lives. Like killing snakes with his like his bare hands. Uh. Well, like that gets me like thinking about like it's not really a what if scenario. Well, like I'm saying, like the Madison Bumgarner story isn't really what if, but it's like a it kind of like makes a what if story about like people know about how Tom Brady and like Russell Wilson like they've been drafted to both the MLB and the NFL, and they obviously both picked the NFL, but like, what if they did pick the MLB? Like, what would have happened? Just as recently as Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray yeah exactly. Was the first round pick, dude. Yeah, he's picked sports. like number four overall, right? By the like, A's. I think, it was, I think it was like fifteen, but still, fifteen. Kind of the same same thing in baseball. Like, you never know what you're gonna get out of the top like twenty five picks in baseball. But um, yeah. So like, that's just that's just weird. Like. I don't, I don't even know what to think about Madison Mumgardner and his and Mason Saunders. I guess they're the same guy, but I don't know why he was kept to see. Like, did he think he was not gonna get caught? Like, the dude is like worldwide. Well, not worldwide, but nationwide known as like this stud champion baseball player. And on the side, he's like I said, he's he's killing snakes and shit. Uh, <laughs> And, and participate like the thing is he's good which i guess you'd consider him a multi-sport athlete um 
for doing uh, the rodeo. I guess is considered a sport. Like I wouldn't do it. I'm kind of. I would be scared to do it. Yeah, like I said, I it's a tough sport. I wouldn't do that. That shit's no joke. So I I give him props, but like if I'm the organization, I'm I'm scared to sign him to a deal, paying him that much money. So I I don't know. That's I just thought that was interesting. I've been wanting to talk about it for ever since I saw it. I've been wanting to talk about it on the podcast, and happy I finally got the chance to to mention it. Um, like w- when we were thinking about like rebranding MST is kind of when I first saw this and I was like shit now I'm never going to get the chance to tell the Madison Bumgarner story that I've been wanting to tell because we're changing the concept but I'm glad that we had this episode to to change things up and make it a little different a little more interesting I think it's Uh, good to have an episode like this like once in a while because like you know it's like I don't know it kind of brings uh different element yeah different element to like our typical you know yeah I mean, before when we had MST, we were just doing, like, lists and stuff. I think what-if scenarios are more interesting for viewers to listen to, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of pretty much it. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Let me know what you think of that. Uh, let me know what you think of – let us know what you think of Sean Livingston. Let um, us know in general, like, a what-if that you guys – Wanted to hear about. us talk about – yeah, if you want to hear us talk about any, just let us know. Anything else – you want to come on the show and talk about something more than welcome to just let us know. Like I said, basically just let us know. That's all. That's all you get. <laughs> um, Follow us on Instagram, uh, mainly sports talk, all one word on Instagram. Yep. Mainly um, spelt in M A I N E L Y as in the state of Maine. L Y. Um, if you're listening to this, studios. sound up studios, one word spelled as you would normally spell. Um, you know, so we're just going to keep pumping out content. Let us know if you like this episode and this idea. Let us know if you want something different. Let us know if you completely hated it. Hopefully you didn't. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll definitely try and get a guest on next week. Oh, shit. I just smacked the hell out of a pole uh, <laughs> on my desk. But uh, let us know if, like I said, let us know. I don't know how many times I got to say it. <laughs> just give us feedback. We're looking for it. We, I feel like we never get feedback from anybody. Everybody just listens. And if they like it, they like it, but we never hear bad feedback. We kind of want to hear that so we can get yeah, better exactly. Quality. I want to hear some bad feedback. Like I want to hear like how bad. Like, are we annoying? Do unless we- we're unless we're too good, and I guess we're just amazing, which we're definitely not. So there's definitely <laughs> somebody that's gonna step up to the plate and say some some shit about us. So just we're just waiting for that, I guess. So yeah, just just let us know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. Um, Tell me if you like the episode. Tell Eric if you like the episode. Let us know. That's gonna be that's gonna be it. Let us know. All right. Peace. See ya.